You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. talking about spirit 12 dreams of dr sardonyx in the room i have rob hello ben hello and adam hey 12 dreams of dr sardonicus is the fourth album by the american psychedelic rock group spirit released on november 27th 1970 on epic records it was produced by dave briggins and the genre is psychedelic rock and progressive rock and from the book jamie gonzalo By 1970, Southern California Spirit had recorded three innovative LPs, but their synthesis of rock, classical, and jazz had thus far awoken little interest. Powerful West Coast Lou Adler, who had signed the band to his label, Ode, in 1968, abandoned them. To top it all, a split had arisen in the camp between Spirit's main creative forces, guitar whiz Randy California, who had learned to play uh, from Jimi Hendrix, and singer Jay Ferguson. California champion experimental Ferguson was after straightforward commercial success. Feelings could not have been worse when Spirit recorded 12 Dreams of Dr. Sardarnicus. Luckily, David Briggs, who worked with Neil Young, managed to harness all the animosity into Spirit's masterwork. The album was enriched by meaty horn arrangements, imaginative vocal harmonies, and structured approach to psychedelic studio trickery such as stereo panning and tapes running backward. The band experimented with the new Moog on Love Has Found a Way and Space Child and unveiled perfect rock singles in Mr. Skin and the Funky Animal Zoo. Still light years ahead of the time, it also spawned the classic FM single, The Acoustic Treat, Nature's Way. After a New Year's Eve concert at Fillmore East that year, the band split. The album finally went platinum five years later. All right, what do we think of Spirit? This album went platinum? Wow. Yeah, five years later. No shit. Mm-hmm. I was surprised by how many of these songs I kind of knew, or at least I think I know. It may have just been other bands copying <laughs> the They do style have of a history of other bands copying them. Oh, do tell. Uh, it's not on this album, but their song Taurus is just the guitar. Well, it came first, but the it the guitar intro to Stairway to Heaven, that acoustic guitar intro. Really? It, it's <laughs> yes, note for note spirit. Do, 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 do. But yeah. you know, there, there's no way to prove that Jimmy Hen- or that J- uh, uh, Jimmy Page Jimmy Page uh, had heard the song, except that Spirit opened for them on a tour. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! No, I, I was I was. Um, we, we've been listening to some pretty heavy, uh, records the past few weeks, 
And this one, like, I tried to listen to directly after Bitches Brew, and I I just shut down. I was like, <laughs> I can't listen to more music! <laughs> but then I listened to it a few times. So Bitches Brew accomplished its goal. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I think Turning so. you off to music. <laughs> just, just, no just more sh- music. <laughs> just I'm shut me down. down. <laughs> but uh, this week I listened to this record uh, a few times after, like, you know, a good, good brain cleansing. And, man, there are some really good songs on this record. And um, you can tell that they're all really, really, really good musicians. There are some things I dislike, uh... But for the most part, I, I I think this record is great. I had trouble with this record because I liked something about almost every song, but I could often not get all the way through a song because I would get really bored after about two minutes, huh. and I felt like like I would li- I would finish them out, but I would just like tune out, and I found this record to be like. There'd be like a guitar part that was cool mm-hmm. or a melody that was cool, but it just, it never, I don't understand why it just never came together for me. I don't think they, their hooks are as memorable as yeah. they, it's something like that. And where, the repetition is, the, the it's very A-B song oriented, like yeah. chorus, chorus and verse, and there's a lot of uh, repetition um, later in the song where they're just doing the same thing again later. And then I also noticed that the um, they have a songwriting style which is like phrase oriented, which is not my favorite. Where they'll instead of like having like a melody that goes through the verse and then the chorus lifts it up, they they'll just go back to repeating like a phrase and then playing with it a little bit, mm. and it's just kind of boring. But like, but there was always something I liked. Often the song would start and I'd be like, oh, this is a cool one. Nope, not into it. And then like, I, I don't know why that kept happening, but. I, it was a very strange experience listening to this record because I had heard some of it, but yeah, does it feel like a series of near misses to you? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. It's like there there were songs that started that I was like, oh, I like this, and then by the end of the song, I didn't like it. <laughs> and like, I don't think I've had that happen for any of these albums. Like, because normally I'm just like, okay, this one's got me at least like you know, at least pretty well, you know. Yeah, it kind of feels like when you're listening to a song on the radio and you're like. This Wait till the vocals cool. come in. This could be really cool. And then all of a sudden it's like, ah, oh, no. The Misty Morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, yeah, it's so weird. It's, uh, they, they lost me a lot of times. I don't hate it. I just, uh, it makes me think of uh, if I was a contemporary at the time that this came out, um, this would have been a band that I would have listened to this record many times. And then within five years, I would have forgotten everything about it. Hmm. Like, I would have, like, tried, because I would have kept trying. Like, as a young music listener, you know how you, like, really dig in. Like, back when you used to, like, buy a CD, and you're like, well, I spent the $12. I better listen to the damn thing at least 20 times. Yeah. We're listening to Animal Zoo right now in our headphones. I didn't get this the first time I listened to it, but I'm getting it now. Does anyone else get, like, a... Like a late '60s jaunty Kinks vibe from oh, yeah. Animal Zoo. Oh yeah, they're very much. Like, not to be confused with Animal Farm. That yeah. sort of like Kinks vibe. I had yeah. that same thought, but yeah, yeah, I was I was curious because you're such a big fan of like the Kinks I'm and this, really this sort this. of straight ahead like it, uh, rock and roll, but then throwing in these like weird elements. Yeah. This tape tape delays or the echoes, and then just they're creative for some, sure. There's yeah, some, some stuff creative. Going on instrumentation going the on The vocals there. are still very, like, they're very California, though. 
They I are... need to spend more time with this album. I only listened to it once this week, and I thought it was okay. But now that like, right now, actively, this is my second listen, and and now I'm hearing <laughs> things like, man, I I should spend some more time with this. Yeah, it's got some good harmonies, yeah. and it's definitely pushing into the. I mean, it's right there with early '70s rock. This feels like a. You yeah, know, there's a moments of Zeppelin. Right there. There's moments yeah. of. Or does uh, Zeppelin have moments of spirit? Well, yeah. Zeppelin has moments <laughs> of spirit. Yeah. Glam, like uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, there's hanging like a... out as well. Like I don't know. Like th- this is like one of those like proto ooze bands. Like I agree. Something's gonna rise out of it, and like yeah. you know, th- this is the one that has all the weird teeth. <laughs> if they don't get to it, the the next band exactly. Might. That's yeah. that's my yeah. That's my main takeaway with this group is it's like oh, these these people are doing some pretty creative stuff. I don't think this is the band for me. It's not like when I heard the faces for the first time. I was like, where have you been my whole life? You know, <laughs> like, I didn't know that this was around at this time. Like, this yeah. is great. And it's not one of those, but I I do think that they, it sounds like they did, you know, some pretty cool stuff early. Yeah. Got I some- thought that a lot of the songs, I thought it was funny, This the review was talking about Mr. Skin, Animal Zoo, and those are not the songs that I... I really connected with. I connected with the like the second half of the album more. Space Child? Space Child was cool. After Space Child. I liked Space Child. No, I didn't like Space Child. I did like Space Child. Uh, Mr. Skin seemed like a more sh- like singly type vibe though. I thought I, I thought the, the way yeah. it starts the way it starts off. But when I touch you, I thought it was like really well crafted, great vocals. Street Worm, I was into. Life has just begun. Morning will come. Like all those songs, I was. I thought Will you play the should have been, uh, second half for us so that we yeah, can yeah. think about that? So did you know that uh, Mr. Skin was the nickname of a member of the band? Hmm. No. It's uh, Ed Cassidy, the drummer. Oh. He's, oh. Uh, he looks like uh, Gomez. Yeah. He, no, uh, no, he, no, not he, Gomez. He hit uh, the skin so uh, hard. He uh, was Fester. Fester, yeah. Fester, yeah. Now, he's, uh, they called him Handsome Fester. Famous, famous for his shaved head, and he only wore black, and he often wore sunglasses. We're talking about Fester. <laughs> he's got a pretty cool look. He also he's the oldest member of the band. He's the stepfather of guitarist Randy California. Uh, by the way, Randy California is a really cool straight stage name. <laughs> well, definitely sounds. <laughs> Do you like know how he got the name? A softcore porn Well, his star, name's Randy, but... and I'm assuming he's from California. Uh, he, when he played with Jimi Hendrix, there was another Randy. Uh, and so he was from California, and so go. Jimmy called him Randy California. That's awesome. And he just he just kept it. So Ed Cassidy was Randy's stepdad, and they started playing together uh, when Randy was fourteen. Ed Cassidy was in uh, jazz groups throughout the fifties and early sixties. Already established wow. dude. He was a member of the Rising Suns with uh, Taj Mahal and Ray Cooter. Yeah, Whoa. And, that's a cool man. And yeah, and so he joins his stepson's band. As like he's like their ringer, just like back there holding it down on drums. <laughs> Dad, help us out. <laughs> I love it. 
Do you know anyone that plays drums? Well, my stepdad plays drums. <laughs> no. Well, he played with he plays with Ry Cooter and Taj Mahal. Well, okay. Uh, yeah. Can he buy his beer? <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> but uh, also Ed Cassidy. Uh, uh, let me show you a picture of Ed Cassidy's drum set. This is this is Ed Cassidy's drum set. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> he had a lot of a lot of drummers were using double kick drums at the time. Ed Cassidy only had a single kick drum, but he had two concert bass drums on either he had one on either side of him so he could do like a bass drum roll with his arms to the side. And so I saw that picture and then I listened to this album and I don't hear him doing I, that. Yeah, <laughs> which means that if you've never toured in a band before, oh my god! Two concert bass drums is more than half of a trailer. It's someone's got to set those up every day. So like you have to change your touring rig because your drummer has two concert bass drums. It's a real dick move. It's a real dick move. You should be playing. There should be a bass drum roll going on the entire album. We once. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure John Bonham was like, "What the fuck? All I've got is this. Oh my god! All I've got is this stupid old gong. You've got two concert bass drums." <laughs> I'm gonna digress for a second to tell a great kick drum story. One time we went on tour in Europe and we have to rent the drum set. And our drummer Dagan is five seven. And we showed up, and the drum set was, like, an oversized, like, metal drum set. And uh, it was called, like, Hammerlord or something like that. I remember it had some amazing name. And I have never, to this date, seen a kick drum this big before. But there's photos from those shows. This is maybe, like, ten years ago. There's photos from those shows where he's just hidden. Like, you can, just his little head is, like, peeking out <laughs> from behind this enormous... It was seriously like a 34-inch kick drum or something. 34? It was like It was so big. That's it, like the Purdue drum. It was <laughs> unreal. It was, I've never seen anything like it. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, 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 and maybe it was just coming off of, uh, like... Some other albums. Yeah. Uh, that this, this, like, made my ears feel better about I life. It, I think it presents that sort of, like, 70s pop rock gems i mean they're they're almost there they just i will say the lyrics fall short yeah and like i remember listening to i think it was led zeppelin one where it was just like these lyrics man like it was they're weak and well, i know you're got, a lyricist and everything but like if you were to take elo at face value that's a fucking rad band their lyrics Suck. Really? I don't think I've ever. I think I like the song so much that I've never thought about it. It's I might good. be blinded by Same. Jeff Lynne. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't. I'm not saying that I disagree. No, no. It's it, like I need to listen, or maybe not. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Like because um, I really like ELO. Yeah, That's another too, late too. discovery. But for this me. is another one of those bands. I was like, oh, I can see where uh, you know Boston and ELO are gonna like fucking like pop up in the not too distant future. Yeah. Like coming off of this. Yeah. Um, that is going to be fun to dig in on those, but I've, I, I hope I'm not too disappointed. <laughs> I think it's just like, it, it's just stuff like, uh, just the, like the lovey, the sort of like love songs about like a woman who scorned them, like like that kind of stuff. Just just feels so exhaustingly dumb to me. It's like totally. you, just the fact that they didn't even try. Like and and I feel like like some of the lyrics on this record. Um, that's maybe why I got lost. Like, like before the end of the song, like oh, I thought you might like have something to say too, but it's okay. I mean, like it's good sounding songs. Yeah, it's kind of like one of those 
records you could just put on and it's I think this could grow on me the more I... It could. It's got growing potential. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. It's a grower. It's a grower, not a shower. (laughs) (laughs) So this album was uh, produced by Dave Briggs, uh, famous for his work with Neil Young. Mm. But this is their fourth album. Before they got Dave Briggs producing them, do you know who was producing them? It was Dr. Demento. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. He dropped them, right? He dropped them? I, uh, that that was his. Uh, once I read that it was Doctor Demento, that's why I stopped digging. I didn't realize. I didn't I've read. had a vision of awkward <laughs> Albert coming to me in nine years. Away, spirit. Uh, Lou Adler uh, had signed them, and he uh, to owed records, and then he abandoned them. Six, oh, really? Sixty-eight. Wow. I can see how this would be a group that would um, get. You know, on the tours, get on the festivals, get the record deal, get on the label, and then be dropped. <laughs> like, you know, or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's what I'm trying, like, <laughs> I, well, I just, like, my my experience in the industry. That's the description of, of this band. Oh. Like, that's the proper description <laughs> of this band. It's, like, good enough to do everything, but then will be eventually dropped I by just the label. It's, <laughs> it's just so hard out there as a musician that, like, you just need... Like you need that like front person that's just oozing charisma. You need that or X you, factor. Or you, yeah, exactly. And I think this group isn't like. I guess we said a few things that we think they could maybe do a little better, but like, <laughs> I. But we're none of us are sitting here saying we don't like it. But I don't think any of us like. I mean, like if we had been around when these records were out, we probably would have bought this record and we'd be like, oh yeah, spirit. And then like that's. I just think it's somewhat. And then uh, a couple years later, it's been like, oh, yeah, like, Led Zeppelin and like, Black like, Sabbath and like all these the, other, you know. You know I mean, what? I think I heard the Spirit song when Led Zeppelin was playing. <laughs> well, it's like those bands that come along that you're like, you hear that song, like, like Jet or something. We're like, oh, it's a pretty cool song. And then you, like, you don't think of them for, like, ten years. And, I, I, and immediately that fucking Gap commercial popped in my head, <laughs> you yeah. asshole. Well, I'm just saying, like, I, well, I saw them in one of those magazines I was looking at. Oh, and, boy. Like, old magazines. They're like, oh, my God, that band... Like was like two years in the minor cultural Talk consciousness. Talk about terrible lyrics. Yeah, the worst. Do you but, guys remember uh, on that brief, you know? on that MTV like musical awards where it was the Hives versus Jet? Uh, no, you know it was Hives that and Vines. Hives and Vines. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, Vines. You, you can throw Vines, I, Jet, and whatever else well, in the that's same That's a band bag. I have not thought of. The Vines, I've completely forgotten about I like Hives and Vines more than Jet, boys. Yeah, yeah. Hives, hives on Vines, top. and then Jet's like way down there Agreed, somewhere. agreed, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Hives Sorry. definitely win that Back to battle. spirit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> similar it's like these these like four guy rock groups uh they tend to catch for a moment really fast and then they kind of fade pretty fast and i don't know this just reminds me of a lot of acts <laughs> playing off that thing where you, where you were talking about how you know good enough to get the gig good enough to get the tour good enough to get the 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 contract but then get dropped like 
they deserve like all those things. They deserve this, a chance. This reminds me. This is something that still happens to me multiple times a year. This reminds me of like the band that I catch live and love the show and buy the album at the show and then like listen to the album once and then don't listen to that much yep. after that. Like I've yeah oh yeah it was a great show like uh, they were they're a good band. I just don't play this record very often yeah. if, if ever. Is that's just like. Probably four or five albums a year, you know. Like uh, yeah. I go to a show, have a great time at the show, buy the album at the show, and then and, and then I just it, don't listen to it more than once or twice. So it seems like Spirit is destined for the used bin. I would of buy the record. They, they that being said, like I would buy it from a used bin. They kind of feel like an every every man, every man like rock band where you're just like, yeah, okay, like yeah, like I can see. Like, for example, like, if you saw them opening for Led Zeppelin or something, and you were a rock and roll fan at the time, my, my point is, like, they, they went platinum. Like, yeah. But then again, like, that's not shocking. So there's a lot of copies of this album floating around out there. <laughs> yeah, that's what you're saying. That's where I think I know it. I think it's yeah. one of those record bins. I think thing. I've seen it before. Yeah. 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 Well, if, I, if I see it for $10 or less, yeah. I'll, absolutely I'll pick, pick it up. up. Yeah. There, there's, there's a lot of really cool shit that's happening with it, and... I think I agree about the second half of the record, by the way. Yeah. Um, we, we've been listening to the second half because Birch said he preferred it. And now that I'm reflecting on it, it's like... It's just got that more melodic sort of Big Star vibe or something. Oh, you yeah. Know, like, oh, yeah. Big yeah, Star is going to be coming up, too. Yeah. It's got a less of a um, attempt at writing, like, singles or hits. Yeah. And they're just, like, they're a little cozier songs. Yeah, for sure. All right, how do we feel about it? Yeah, positive, man. I think that there's a lot of uh, cool shit happening here, and I look forward to listening to the record again. Cool. I I am currently at one and a half listens at at neutral, but I think, like, like I said, I think this album could be a grower for me. So, I don't know, ask ask me again when we're at 75 on albums where we reflect back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I, I, I definitely... this. I was busy this week. I only had time to listen to this once, and I think this album deserves multiple listens. I might have a different opinion if I listen to it more, but as of right now, I'm at a I'm at a like a, a, a happy neutral. Yeah, I'm in the same boat as Ben. Uh, I think it's pretty solid. Dude, that's so big, starry, man. I don't love yeah, right? everything about it, dude. What song is this? I really do like to? the yeah. second half. Yeah, I, that's what I, I'm saying. The second half is uh, "Morning Will Come." This is like my favorite that, song. The yeah, intro yeah, to that song is, was. Yeah. Yeah, so big star. Yeah. Dude, Rob, thanks for pointing that out. I, yeah. uh, he, I, I just reiterated what Birch said. But. Yeah. <laughs> this this album kind of feels like if Big Star never quite, they never released uh, number one, right? Yeah. Like they never released that album and it's like, it's all their other like kind of B yeah. side, you know, This is one of those songs something. that like stood out for me as well. And I, I, we were mentioning ELO earlier. I think it's got a bit of a ELO vibe at times. Yep. Yeah. Um, Some power pop. Yeah. Absolutely. This is a good song. Um, this is, I, I'm, I'm happy neutral. You know, yeah. it's like, it's, I don't love everything about it, but I think it's pretty cool. And it's something that I had only heard a couple tracks from. Yeah. I think I'm right with you, Adam. It's, it's kind of like this, I'm not quite in the positive but it's like really it's heavy leaning there but they just do some of these weird like space child and like some I of like the space child. I, I feel like they make a, a lot of mistakes along the way but i i don't fault them for sort of a, trying 
trying some different things, but maybe just not succeeding at those things. I will absolutely put like morning will come on a mixtape or, yeah. or, uh, you know, Dude, some yeah. of these other things. All right. Next time we'll be talking about black Sabbath. Oh, oh, oh we've done it. <laughs> All right. Thanks y'all. We made it guys.